Hello and welcome to the movie podcast review of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. My name is Shabazz and joining alongside me are my other IMF agents, Daniel and Anthony. Daniel, how are you doing today? Shabazz, if you want to shake hands with the devil, that's fine by me. Okay. I just want to make sure you do it in hell. Wow. I mean, that is aggressive, to be honest with you. Starting off like that is a bit intense for me. Where else would you (laughs) shake the devil's hand, right? Like is right. Well, majority of the time you're spending not it on earth. not on earth. You do it in hell, right? But it's a good good line. Yeah, well, I like I would that hope line. So. I want to hope so. One of the greatest movie lines ever. Absolutely. I believe. Yeah. I stand by that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh it's uh it hits you right in the gut. It's one of those kind yeah. of lines. And it's weird. It has nothing to do with Mission Impossible. It was no. weirdly in the Barney movie, which is very strange. <laughs> very, oh, very yeah. Strange. Yeah, very, yeah. Very weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one coming out with Daniel Kaluuya, right? Yeah, that's the one. Yes, that's the one. That's the one. And of course, the devil himself, Anthony. Anthony, how are you? <laughs> Your mission, should you choose to accept it. You notice like Tom Cruise never says, yeah, I choose to accept it. Like he'll just look in kind of stoic, but never, he never says, yes, I'm going to do it. You notice that? Like, it's like, don't give me the option if you know I'm going to do it. Right. Like that's, that's, that's true. It's, he, it's so interesting. Say, I accept. No, it, no, we've only heard him say mission accomplished, which was uh, a fantastic ending in Ghost Protocol. It was earned. It that was, was earned super earned. Sure. Yeah, but it was, it guys, was earned. Yeah. Do you guys have like a favorite like call to the mission that we've seen in the series? Because I think of like in Fallout, we had like the, the book, the coming, like the guy coming to the door. Yeah. And he's like, I am the storm. Like that was really cool. I think Rogue um, Nations, the like the 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 record store. That was my favorite. Yeah. That was a really that, that and in the first one with the with the plane, I think it's yeah. becoming harder and harder for M- uh, IMF agents to find Tom Cruise because, like, in each <laughs> one, it gets he gets more like secretive, and it's like yeah. it's almost like a mission to find him. And it's like even it's in this true. one, he's in the dark and he's talking to the guy, and the guy's like, uh, "Who? Who? Hello? Hello? Are you there? <laughs> Who's here?" It's and my he's first like, day. He's like, <laughs> what, poor, what does the hippopotamus the say agent. to the elephant? <laughs> I'm like, I don't like, <laughs> I'm a hungry, hungry hippo. No, that's not the code word, yeah. man. No, it just that's gets harder and harder. It's so funny. The best is too, where he's just like on the mountain. He's like, it wouldn't be a vacation yeah. if I told you. And he throws his glasses out. The but Oakley Oakley Oakley's? Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a great one. I love that. Yeah. One. Um, I also love the, it's as silly as it is in Mission Impossible 3 where he goes like to the, the I guess to the convenience store to get ice and he gets a disposable camera yeah. and he's just like looking at the disposable camera with like Billy Kurt up there it's just uh, it's so silly but it's so, it works they no matter how silly it is in the Mission Impossible franchise Tom Cruise always makes it look cool yeah the silliness kind of lends itself to some sort of seriousness that's involved in, in, in these situations and they do a really good job of kind of making you believe it like even in ghost protocol when he goes to the payphone and it's about to self-destruct and it doesn't and he kind of walks back up to it gives it a quick knock and then it does it's like yeah these jokes are kind of earned they're not always taking place and they're kind of you know breaking that fourth wall and it's always earned for us i always thought that was like russian tech you know like it just it doesn't work right away. You got to like hit it. So because he was, was he not in Russia? He was in Russia in that one. He, yeah, was, he was in Russia. Yeah. And then like when he banged it, I'm like, oh, that's just a nod at like Russian tech is not the greatest. You know, Russian telephones. I never yeah. bought Russian tech. They not tech. be working. You know? I've just you, never, you've bought, never bought a Russian tech. car before? You never bought like the old no. Simpsons 
Iqbal. I never bought Kremlin. runs on like three <laughs> hectares of kerosene. Like, no, of course not. No, I don't even know Russia made tech. Like, what are they like? It's all spy stuff, right? Okay, before well, they made we Tetris, they made yeah. Tetris. They did. They did make Tetris. They, they did make us Tetris. Yeah, no one yeah, from yeah, Russia listens to us, yeah. so I don't think we're worried about that. That's true. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we have the we like. Do we have like we're a, not big a in Russia podcast? Yet. No, we're not. Paying. Hey, Russia, if you if want to buy our show, <laughs> no, please don't. Please no, don't. I don't know. You I don't know, know if I want to like yeah get get shipped there for any reason. No, and it's funny because we're recording this also on America's Independence Day. It's like yeah, let's let's partner with Russia. No, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not no, 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 Russian, no. Uh, the film that we're talking about again today is Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part one or part uno if you're in spain for some reason listen to this and this film does star tom cruise Haley atwell ving rames simon Pegg, rebecca ferguson vanessa kirby isay morales palm clementif morelia guerrera shea wiggum and of course returning back from the first film henry zerny this is this is awesome this is such a uh, like what a what an amazing group of people and we've luckily had some of these folks on our show already like rebecca ferguson and palm clementine so this is awesome and you know what there may be someone from this movie that might be on our show fingers crossed it's tom cruise but i don't i don't tom? he might be a little busy might be hanging outside Tom of the cruise. Plane. Come on down, you know. Come on down. Come he hang might out. Be, with us. He might be busy. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. The, the guy's always making movies. He's always in theaters. So I, I don't blame him. He's getting That's everyone's true. butts back into the seats of a cinema. So I, I can't be upset at him. And of course, I want to give a huge shout out to our friends over at Paramount Pictures for inviting us to come watch this movie and also for providing us some interviews. Maybe that'll come out soon. So stay tuned for that. The best place to stay tuned, though is our social media uh twitter and everything seems to be going to hellfire but while it's still up go ahead go to our show details give that a read because it has our twitter tiktok uh instagram everything on there we're at the movie podcast and of course the place that'll never shut down is our discord you can join that have a great conversation there let us know what questions you have about the mission impossible franchise that we may be able to ask in the upcoming interviews or if there's ever questions you want us to ask following people that we'll have on our show that is the best place to do it we're having some great conversations in there and as daniel always says stick it right here baby girl <laughs> that's no that's 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 you know uh, that you spoiled first of all uh tom cruise's big line that he has in, in the movie? movie stick it in right movies, here baby girl when he when he's when he's saving the world he does what he says uh no but also uh imagine if the plot of mission impossible dead reckoning part two was tom having to like take down the discord servers and now this episode oh, is out of date damn it now we our we've, discord server too of all, just of all ours just I, I pictured the discord servers like in rogue nation uh, under like the underwater with the turbine and everything right. like that and tom just has to go through that again and just our specific card he pulls out like the movie podcast shuts mm, down unplugged oh no more that is yeah that sounds that i feel sounds like horrible. i feel like that's just a waste of mission just because we have so many other <laughs> other routes that we could go it's like okay you yeah. you disconnected from discord but we can always start we up another, another one discord. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah it's like it's why not that big of a deal doing this? no Tom. why do we have what do we have russian satellite codes in our discord channel by the way like that's that's uh, the bigger issue russia yeah 
Yeah. I we, love that we, we still do call, this with the phone. We've called upon them too much. But but that's the thing, though, right? We do this, but generations underneath us, not that there's many generations. Generations underneath us. Wow. <laughs> Younger generations. I feel really When you old. ask them, like, oh, mimic a phone, it's like this, right? Like, yeah, I still do this. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like this. I'm an old head. I'm an old head. And, I, yeah. and then you could do this right after, right? Like you like who was Calabunga? Calabunga dudes. <laughs> We're going so off topic, but hey, that's the movie that's podcast a, hey, for you. We're having Calabunga, fun. Ninja Turtles, Paramount Paramount movies we're talking about today, baby. There you go. Right? And of course, we if you want to check out this Paramount picture, see how I did that? It will okay. be exclusively in theaters July 12th. Uh, it's been a long time coming. We're so excited. We've been following the birth and inception of this movie since day one. We were huge fans of Fallout. That was one of our first reviews that Daniel and I did for this time with before it was the movie podcast. That's true. And then our we're first like, YouTube review. Absolutely. And then we were like, hey, we need one more white guy because one yeah. white, one brown isn't going to do it. It's yeah. not going to get us through many doors. So we had. We need an, people an to take it seriously us. on here. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. You, can't, you can't just do it with like a milkshake. You got to do it the whole way through. So that's why Anthony, you joined <laughs> My us. Goodness. Spoiler I, alert. Because I'm white, eh? I'm, I'm okay, okay. I'm okay with it, man. I'm okay. Yeah. You know, like yeah. w- you, you can't pick. Your 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 heroes. Is that what they say? <laughs> I honestly don't know because that has anything to do with this, but yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't ex- I didn't expect that. I did not expect that quote to come through. Also but a know, line from the movie when uh when yeah, Tom also, is jumping out of the plane, he's like, Can't pick yeah. your heroes. They're like, Wait, Tom, wait, what? <laughs> Benji, where's my parachute? <laughs> What's going on? Oh man. I don't want to take up too much time. I want to get right to this movie because we have a lot to talk about with this film. There's a lot of great things about this movie we we had the chance to see it with the with a packed crowd so there's a lot of the reactions that we want to take away from that too uh but to give us our first reaction though i'm gonna kick it over to daniel so i'm just loosening up here um shabazz you said it you know this film has been one that we have been thinking about i think every single day since it was announced in you know, in what, 2018 or the end of 2019, I remember Tom Cruise tweeting out, you know, we are making Mission Impossible 7 and 8 and they're going to be coming out. We're shooting them back to back and they're going to be coming out in like 2020 and 2021. And boy, were we wrong. But what we did get in between that time was a little film called Top Gun Maverick, which not only saved cinema, it was a phenomenal movie and a movie that I think about almost every single day. I'm not going to lie to you. I listen to the soundtrack often and I always debate if I don't know what to watch, I'll put on Top Gun Maverick because it's that good of a movie. And when we saw that movie, we did see the trailer for Mission Impossible. We got our first look at this movie and we're like, okay, this is, this is going to be something special, but it's also going to be something darker and Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning doesn't go bigger than Fallout. It goes deeper. It's the start of a new trilogy. And it really didn't dawn on me until we kept watching it. that I'm like, wow, this is a very different film that I think a lot of people are anticipating. There's a lot more darker themes. There's a level of maturity. And I'm not, I'm not saying that the Mission Impossible films weren't mature before. They were. They're, they get very dark at times. But there's some really dark stuff in this film. And I loved it. And I was just so transported by it. And it is a movie that I just sat there in awe the entire time you have a a runtime of almost three hours and it just flies by i don't think that like i I think of a movie like the batman which is another film three hours long i'm like 
that I think of of the length. But even in the Batman, it was deliberately slow paced. Where this film, you are just going set piece to set piece to set piece, and it looks incredible. And we you know we've seen a lot of big movies this year, but Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning is like it is just an unforgettable cinematic experience. It is it's beautiful to look at. It is just effort, effortlessly cool, and I think. You you look at the direction of Christopher McQuarrie, and he's just he has just mastered his I think his his directing abilities at this point. You know we we've seen some incredible work of, of from him over the years. Rogue Nation was a step in a different direction for Mission Impossible, as every new mission has been since its inception. But I think Tom and Chris have really cracked the code of what this series can be, and Fallout gave us one of the greatest action films of all time and i think this is following suit with that and and i'm still in a place where i'm like do i like it more than fallout i think fallout is a more fun film has maybe more impressive action set pieces in it but what for uh, what action set pieces which this is not lacking at all don't get don't get me wrong what this makes up for it is telling a more nuanced and darker and mature story and I really like that. And I think of, you know, I think of Palm Clementine in this film, who is phenomenal. I think of Haley Atwell in this movie, who's finally given uh, like a role like that she just absolutely crushes. And she always crushes it whenever she's in. But she's given so much to do in this movie. And I love it. She is so damn good. And I think of Vanessa Kirby, who is another one who we got introduced to in Fallout, who gets so much more to do this time around. Um, it's incredible. And of, co- of course, Tom Cruise, who just never ceases to deliver on anything that he does be it action set action set piece or emotion i think this is the most emotional mission impossible film and i think that's something that we spoke about on previous episodes of the movie podcast where we were talking about how it feels like tom and sorry ethan um is caring more about the people around him. And I know that's always been his, his, his crutch. And we spoke about that in, in rogue nation where it's like, he can't distinguish between saving one person and everybody. And you get to see that on display here. And I really love the villain of this movie because it's not, it's not your traditional villain at all. Like you are fighting an AI essentially. And I think it's also a very timely film because, you know, if this came out, let's say five years ago, we'd be like, yeah, that's a little far fetched. It's not. It really isn't far fetched at all, and I think when you when you have such a, a strong cast and you have someone like uh, Isai Morales who is just um, so intimidating, he has such an incredible presence. Um, I'm just I'm overwhelmed by Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning. I'm so excited to watch it again because I think the first time that we watched it, I wasn't really able to process it properly because i was just so overwhelmed and it really is the start of a new trilogy when you look at mission impossible one two three that's kind of their own set of films they all have different styles and different directors four five and six share a lot more of the same dna even though they'll have we have um, brad bird and we have christopher mcquarrie shaking things up in there but this feels a lot more in line with brian del palma's original film but just elevated to the highest degree i loved mission impossible dead reckoning i also fought with it and i don't mean literally fought with it in the stands and while we were sitting there you guys had to hold me down it's a movie that i think is going to challenge people because it is a lot more dense than i think that we've got 
gotten before in this series. I know I've been talking a long time. I want you guys to jump in, but um, there is a lot to this film. And that's why I'm really excited to watch it again with the three of us later this week so we can unpack it a little bit more because I think it is a film that we will be coming back to. And I think and I'm hoping it's going to be a movie that I only love more the more I watch it. Yeah, I think uh, you know you said a lot of great things there that really encompass what this film is, and and Chris McQuarrie and Tom Cruise just continue to raise the bar with cinematic excellence. There's so much about this movie that when when it finished, I was like, okay, I, I love it, I love this movie, but there's things that I'm kind of battling with it, like that that it didn't, and I'm, I'm trying to use my words carefully here. Where Fallout for me was a, was a home run, an over and over again throughout throughout the whole entire film when i finished dead reckoning it it just like you mentioned daniel it challenged me to continue thinking about the film it is very much a part one movie and we've been getting a lot of part ones you know this year and last year and so on and so forth uh and it's that doesn't mean that it's a negative it doesn't mean like okay it's incomplete but it's like when we get part two that's really going to tell us the story of dead reckoning as a whole you know, so there's there's a lot of great things about this movie. There's a lot of stuff that I love, and I I definitely want to get to a bigger conversation for it. But I want to kick it over to Anthony for his first reaction for Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. I'm I'm actually conflicted with Dead Reckoning uh, because even though I I enjoyed the movie, I don't think it exceeds its expectations of what we expected for this film. Fallout felt so different than all the other mission movies and and everything that we've gotten in the franchise up until that point. And once we knew everyone was returning for mission impossible seven, my expectations was there was going to, they're going to capture a greater sense of that fallout atmosphere that we got. And even like dead reckoning is more of like a hybrid of previous mission impossibles that we we've had it's it's a hybrid between rogue nation ghost protocol and fallout and leaning i would say more towards rogue and ghost just because of the the story and 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 where it leads to where fallout stands out with the plot twists you know there's a lot of plot plot twists in fallout with dead reckoning I don't know what really stood out to me. Yes, it has the big action and it overall it's a great film, but I don't know yet where the story lies for me. And it's definitely something that I would have to rewatch again. Cause I just, it just didn't make the impact that I was looking for. Um, and that's, and, and that's a good thing because I am going to go back and watch that reckoning. So there is a lot that I enjoyed. I, I, I think that for a franchise seven movies in, it's hard to keep up with creating new villains, creating new characters, creating new, just even locales. And you you notice, like, I've been watching all the Mission Impossible movies, and I notice there's a lot of rinse and repeat, and not in a bad way, but there's like a lot of the locations that are there that are very similar to previous um, Mission Impossibles. And, And I feel like this movie does a great job of doing callbacks to those time periods because you have the brian de palma vibe with uh with the shot angles that just really intense in your face low angle very those those dutch angles right those dutch angles and then you have like the brad bird vibe where it's it's just they're back in rome which is or they're back in italy we'll see they're they're back in italy even the comedies like brad bird 
Yes, there's also like an action sequence where Tom flies through a train and then that's very similar to when Tom flew through the building in a parachute in Rogue Nation. It's there are little things but it it's a good callback. It's not like hey, this is they're just repeating what they're doing. Even like uh Haley Atwell's character, she's a thief, which is very similar to Thandie Newton's character in Mission Impossible 2 who's a, also a thief. So I like that they do those callbacks, but I was just looking for a little bit more of the story where I was, I know we talk about it being dark, but I found fallout more darker. I just, it, there was a, there was a tone and the seriousness seriousness to it that even though I, there are dark moments, I felt like the villain, which I'm not very fond of. And you mentioned before, it's an AI villain. I'm not very fond of that villain route even though it's fitting for what we're experiencing now in the world and how you know ai is becoming a big thing and it's it's surprising because you know this movie was being shot and was made right before covid and ai wasn't even yeah. part of the the vocabulary of a lot of people so it's it's funny that it it came out right at the right time like if it came out if covid didn't happen this might have been something that a lot of people kind of looked over or kind of maybe didn't believe in the villain yeah would have um, felt like yeah that's that's very far-fetched like that's that's out that's not now out, that's it is nowadays it, it isn't now we use ai every day for so many things and it's so much more part of the zeitgeist yeah but i think you see it and you're like yeah like this is a very timely release of this yeah. same same way where we kind of movie starts and we you know we have you know reference to a submarine and where everyone in the theater you kind of felt like that oh like we're we're in a submarine right now, which mm-hmm. is timely with everything that obviously happened with the Titanic submarine and all that. Right. It's strange how the world kind of works its magic, especially with movies yeah. and releases. So again, like I, it's not that I didn't like, I'm just, it's a very, it's a difficult story to follow as, as well. Cause it's so dense. And I found myself really focusing on the action sequences more than the story and there was that was a problem because i felt like fallout gave you a balance of the two where there is you know these huge action sequences and then it leads to a great story and back to action sequence where this the story became so convoluted at times where i'm like i need the subtitles to read this to understand who is what and what is happening even though like it is plain and simple i like to dive into the nitty-gritty of well, why is Kittredge back? What has he been doing? And what was he in charge of? Right. And where is Angela Bassett's character? And all these things. So it's, it's, I need to watch it again. I think if I watch it again, I'll appreciate it more. But um, yeah. my first, this is my first reaction. This is how I felt coming out of it. Yeah. No, a lot. Lo- uh, sorry, sorry, go, go ahead, Daniel. No, no, I was just going to say, and it's funny because you, I feel like a lot of people are are going into this Mission Impossible film and maybe have been rewatching all of them like we have and are, you know, riding high off of Top Gun Maverick. I'm really curious to see what like the Top Gun Maverick crowd or like the people who started getting into, you know, maybe even Tom Cruise action films post Maverick over the last year um, are going to feel leaving that reckoning that's that's going to be an interesting one yeah I, I think a lot of what you what you mentioned there anthony a lot of that stands true for me as well because there's there's so much about fallout that i feel like it it felt like the the pinnacle of the of the mission impossible franchise it balanced everything so well 
Whereas Dead Reckoning Part 1 has a bit of a greatest hits kind of a vibe to it, where it takes everything that worked in the previous movies and tries to kind of make it its own. And I, and I commend it for pulling off a lot of those things really, really well. Where the movie kind of suffers for me is in the story department because there's so much kind of happening there that are paired with all these amazing action sequences, action sequences that I that I was so in love with that had me like I I just didn't know where it would go when when the scenes were starting, like when the action moments were occurring. I was like, I don't know. I I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who's going to live. I don't know who's going to die. And I think they were so much better prepared when filming these moments because they looked really tense. The camera angles got very, very claustrophobic. Um, Everything looked real. And like, even if it was on a CG uh, green screen, for example, for some moments, because clearly movie was shot during COVID, you'd be like, yeah, sure, this looks real. And the action sequences that actually were shot, like the one that we keep seeing of the bike going over the, of the, over the mountain, amazing. There's yeah. all those things that are so great. But where the movie kind of you know, has me scratching my head sometimes is is the story because it starts to kind of get in that area of we're introduced to a character from Ethan's past before he joined the IMF and it's kind of like we've never really heard about this character or we never heard about this love interest and then we're kind of just being thrown this and it's like okay here it is accept it and it's going to tie into the very end yeah or part two or part right. two, we never know where it's going to kind of come. And, it, and that, I think, kind of was where it was losing me a little bit. But it wasn't enough of a loss for me to be like, okay, this movie's to watch. It was more like, okay, I'm sure by part two, I'll, I'll probably have a better understanding of how this kind of came to be. Because it just feels like it's been weighing on Ethan for so long. But in the past six films or so, we haven't really ever heard about this. And it feels like a pretty big moment to kind of over, to overlook. But the 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 wonderful cast is is great obviously we have rebecca ferguson who is back as ilsa faust and she's so great and like you mentioned daniel Haley atwell is is just hitting it she's so good in this movie it it feels great to see her outside of something from the mcu because while she's great as peggy carter i think this is my favorite role for her because she's fun she's she's been relegated to like almost a cameo in the mcu for a lot of times absolutely and in here after captain america yeah and and absolutely and here she's given so much depth and she's so fun to watch and she pairs really really well with tom cruise tom cruise is just the most charming likable person in this film and you really root for him throughout the whole film uh simon Pegg is benji you have ving rames who's just so good they're they're all fantastic and of course the villain you Isai Morales as Gabriel, he's he's so devilishly charming and handsome, and also this this level of like I don't trust you, but I want to see where you go with this. Yeah, that's like a Bond villain, right? Very much like a Bond villain. That's something that I, kept I would say he's like movie. he's e- like Ethan, but just the evil version yeah, of evil. Ethan, right? He's yeah. evil Ethan. Yeah, like that, that's one of the things about this film that I also kept mentioning. I'm like, this feels so in line with being a Bond film, like the Bond villain, some of the quirks and 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 like you know quirks that happened throughout the film just some moments that i'm like this feels very 007 and a little bit less than the mission impossible failed franchise that we're used to that doesn't it's not a bad thing it's a great no. marriage between the two and i'm really excited to see where it kind of goes um but again action fantastic story i think it, it, it needs a little bit more for me to to really fully grasp it but anthony please go ahead i just want to talk about the action sequence in rome 
you know, we, if you've gone on YouTube and you've seen how they made that sequence, um, when you see it on the big screen, it is one of the most impactful sequences in this movie. And I think even in the franchise, because it, it really dives into, uh, Tom Cruise's maneuverability with a handcuffed, you know, Haley Atwell on one side and still driving and not hitting. <laughs> it's like a magic trick. The man. historic, it's, a ma- he's it's like, unreal. It's, like it's literally like a magic trick. And he's like not hitting the historic buildings around him because again, they don't want to destroy Italy, but <clears throat> that sequence is so like, it just gets you like, it almost like pulls you into this movie because the score disappears and all you hear is gears changing, uh, the handlebar tires being touched, rotating. T- tires rotating, uh, soundscape. I think when we talk about, you know, best sound design Academy Awards, this is for sure a sure bet that it's going to be nominated because Absolutely. it is so good. And when you shoot in Italy, you, you have a lot of noise happening. You have a lot of people happening. You have a lot of, you know, hollow buildings <laughs> happening. So it's, it, yeah. it really just encompasses <laughs> like an echo and to capture that, also during COVID, yeah. it's such, and to see that you know every film this year is probably taking place in Italy. You know they have that forty percent tax credit, but I kind of go back a lot of movies, right? A lot of movies. Even another another film that had a part one that we'd really didn't know about Fast X, right? Like right, and that's that what was I was a big portion of. That I film was, was going to go talk about Fast X and how. I, how awful that sequence is compared to this even though it's not an awful sequence i'm just it just doesn't compare because this felt so real it, right? compared it's to gorgeous yeah. yes and that's it's, it's kind of gorgeous i think that that's one of the main that that sequence really captures mission impossible yeah. as a as yeah a no thing. it's true it, it just it looks so damn good and you talk about the the sound being completely removed from the sequences works so well and in the moments where there is sound and there is that composition by the lovely Lorne Balfe it is amazing like I I don't know how he does it it it, it really is fantastic so I think this is ahead. the best best mission score mm-hmm. yeah ever oh, I, yeah. I literally left that theater and I was like this is when is it out Daniel when's it out it's out July 14th when the movie oh. releases. Uh, Two days or sorry, after, July, eh? uh, out on the 14th. Yeah. So like, or you know what? Maybe it'll, I think, yeah, most likely it'll be on the Friday because it's, it's, this movie's getting a weird Music Wednesday release, release yeah, yeah, and yeah. early, but yeah, Music it comes out on Fridays, Friday. Yes. But yeah. This is, this is, I think my favorite mission score. It is yeah. pounding. There are moments in this theater where I felt like we were in D box because the sound was just pumping. Well, I was so moving loud. your we, seat. That's why. Okay. That was, you. That, <laughs> yeah. that, that makes sense. But yeah. this, we did see it in IMAX. I, I, I do want to mention, we did see it in IMAX. So it looked great. There are no aspect ratio changes. This movie was not shot in IMAX, which is a little disappointing because those sequences in fallout really, oh. you know, yeah. blew our, our, even ghost our protocol. Minds. But yeah. I, you know, the, I would, bird massive. I would still say like the cinematography for this, um, this movie challenges fallout even though fallout had sequences in imax this movie the camera movement is so there's a reason for it like there's a there's a scene in the trailer where they're in the desert and ethan's all head scarfed and they have the these people infiltrating a building and ilsa has a patch over that her eye it kind of felt like metal gear solid but there's that sequence where the camera pulls in while people are coming through the coming door through it? yeah and then the last person who enters comes through right in the middle and the camera pulls out and i think yeah 
camera movement when it has a rhyme and reason for that it just works so well and there is the sequences in rome where we were talking about how they were driving with Haley at the wheel and they have mm-hmm. it, it, it's just this side panel shot this kind of like a, a long wide angle lens just on her and the side of the car with the door kind of like gone it just felt so good like i'm like oh this makes it so much bigger and i'm like imagine if they shot this with imax cameras how much better these sequences would have been yeah yeah the cinematography is is beautiful and i think that really lends itself to us talking about how visually different this movie feels than i think what we've gotten before and that's why i'm really thinking like is this like the start of like that new look or that new trilogy will part two i'm assuming have a very similar look because it is labeled the same name and it's part two of this film i don't think we're going to see a drastic departure visually uh but there is a lot of there's a a new visual language i think that we are introduced in this film um and i and i think you know anthony you you mentioned a sequence that was that was beautiful that sequence uh with the in in the desert shabazz you also forgot uh at the top of the show when we are talking about returning cast not only is henry returning as kittredge we have the sandstorm returning from Ghost Protocol in Dead Reckoning Part uh, 1. Actually, first of all, how dare you? That's a different sandstorm. Not all sandstorms are the same, okay? Listen, well, they definitely are related a little bit. These uh, they're cousins. <laughs> they're cousins. <laughs> they're cousins. Okay. Well, I'm, glad, I'm glad the family I'm glad the family's working because they're, they're, you know, well, they're, they have a contract. Terrifying. They have a contract yeah. to be in all the Mission Impossible movies, yeah. man. <laughs> it's a family of storms. The yeah, sandstorm. It's, yeah. it's the storm family. Is there is there a can, problem? Can we talk about Henry uh, Cerny just because he? It's been like twenty seven years. I know we mentioned it. Is but it Cerny or is it Cherny? I just want to. I'm just. I'm, I'm just pronouncing it like Cerny. Cerny. Cer. What? No, well, I don't think it's that. <laughs> Henry, I feel like it's churny. Churny, like, I feel like the C and the Z, like you're churning butter. Yeah, like oh. I feel like you pronounce it like a ch. Again, those watching or listening, please correct us. Uh, it could be Zerny, it could be churny, or if Henry, Henry. If Henry happens to be on the show one day, what? Let Maybe. us know. Well, that will be one of our questions. We'll ask you, man. How do you say your last name? Yeah. Uh, all right, time's up, guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, I just want to say, like. Jumping back into a role 27 years later and not having a hiccup. Oh, we, we've seen it. Like we've, beat. we've seen Michael Keaton return as Batman. We got Kittredge again coming back. It's just these, these characters that have been so long kind of forgotten or we haven't seen in a really long time. And these actors who play these characters coming back and jumping right into it like Hey, I can play this character like it was yesterday. I just said it just says a lot about who they are as an actor and how they can just embrace this persona so quickly. It almost it's almost scary. It's like, man, are you actually Kittredge in real life? Are you do you yeah, have I think this he, he he's he's amazing. Demeanor? He has such oh. a presence and a demeanor. And you see the shot in the trailer where they both stand up and the smoke is all around them. There's been like this, we've been waiting almost 30 years. For them to confront one another again and i and i wish we knew more about what what uh kittredge was up to uh because he he's so great in this film and he's in it a lot more than we were than i was expecting i think we were talking about we were expecting him to be a little bit less yeah uh, upon uh doing a, a little bit more research it is pronounced churny like you are churning butter okay uh, so that's 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 well i'm glad we had this conversation hey, about so that. you remember i mentioned it to you yesterday daniel where i was watching Mission Impossible One, and I didn't realize that the 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 weapons or the the arms dealer 
I forgot her name. The the older lady who's British. Max. I didn't Max. I didn't realize that was uh, uh, Vanessa Kirby's mom. Vanessa Kirby's mom in this, and I'm like yeah, the White Widow. Oh. Ah uh, man, yeah, like, right, right in that opening sequence of Fallout, she says, "Like you know, this is dedicated to Max, and like it, it's it's what sets that moment." Yes, I I said to Daniel, "Please don't be mad at me," and he's like, "Why would you do?" And like I just realized that Max is <laughs> I just deleted so our and YouTube so. channel. Oh, um, <laughs> wow. But yeah, it's just <laughs> funny if you haven't seen if like again if you yeah. are if you are new to Mission Impossible, or maybe you just didn't realize it. That's who she is. I didn't know. Get yeah, that but that's later. cool. And, that, and we're seeing that lineage, right? And we know for the next film, we have uh, I'm blanking on the actor's name, but we have the gentleman who, obviously, when Ethan's doing the famous rappelling from the ceiling scene, that seek that like that actor, that character is returning from the CIA, which is just so funny to see that Saxon. That there, you the go. guy who barfs a lot, right? The guy, yeah, that yeah. Guy. William who, who, William Donlow. Yeah, so like it's it's cool seeing him come back. You know, we got. Um, uh, Henley is Henley, right? Um, Alec Baldwin's character, Henley in yeah, probably yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's cool. Like when when he we're introduced to him in Rogue Pro, uh, sorry Rogue Protocol, Rogue Protocols didn't, didn't come Rogue out. Nation. <laughs> when Rogue Nation came out, he's like, yeah, you know, my earliest interactings with the IMF is when they broke into the CIA. Yes. He's like, oh, he's referencing one. Like it's it's cool when we're seeing those those connections because this really is a connected world, and as you know, as segmented as they felt with one, two, and three, I feel four, five, six, seven uh, really have a, a lineage and a DNA. And I think just visually and just musically and um, story-wise that we are referencing everything that's happened in this world before. Yes, Hunley was the name, yes. Hunley. Do you guys yes. feel like, that's it. do you guys feel that Ethan, I, we, we've seen Ethan married, but I feel like these last few mu- movies, he's trying to get away from being in a relationship um, and especially this one, because I feel like, you know, Haley Atwell's there as well as uh, Rebecca Ferguson, Ilsa's there. And then it's just, it feels like, why doesn't he not want to get into relationship, relationships anymore? I feel like there is this, there's tension, sexual tension between these characters, but it's almost like Tom or Ethan Hunt has become like a biblical figure in the Mission Impossible yeah. franchise. Like he can't have sex anymore. And I'm like, yeah. Man, you you were so suave in Mission Two that when you met Thandie Newton's character, you were like, "Damn!" That like it just felt hot. <laughs> I'm but now it's like you on a road. <laughs> he he gotten yeah. so far from being the the suave agent where it's almost like I don't know how I feel about him just being abstinence abstinent in in this. Yeah, I, I get road, what you're saying. You I know? also feel like because there's so much like that's just that's just the him showing the maturity of the character too because you know we could have like we have characters like james bond where we didn't really see it in no time to die because he was was handled differently that way but i feel like like james bond is like going on a mission where he's the fate of the world's at hand but he's like yo i'm just gonna do i'm gonna have a real quickie uh, right i'll be right back right where i feel like ethan is just so obsessed with the mission and i think that's his character growing but it's also how his character like mentally is like he is so obsessed with his mission now he yeah. will do whatever it takes he's still but banging. not to take away that he I has, don't know man you know, i just has, don't know he has great dude tension with all the like the good characters you, well, you like, tell you me see, not, he's not banging you well if you see him in the airport he had like, there, there's a that sequence where he meets Haley for the first time you're just like yeah. oh there there it is 
But then yeah. you talk when you learn you do about sleight of hand with the yes. e, and you're like, I'm like, oh, oh, I want here it is just just be free, Ethan. Like, don't worry about like the mission is <laughs> always going to be the mission. It just happens to be a bomb though in the airport. Like, I mean, it's kind of it's really. I'm not bad saying timing. do it right then and there. I'm just saying. But like, then when? I mean, there's AI attacking. When, when this guy's driving down a mountain, Dude, the AI can... wants him to be having a ride as well. Like, yeah. No, no yeah. I'm just saying. Like, he, no, you I, can clearly joking. say totally it, it, see it, and it. it's just like I, I don't it. know. I don't but be like, Jesus. End like, of part two. End of part two. You'll bang. But I, I, but I, and that's the thing, right? I think I feel like it's almost sad, right? Where it feels like this guy is so, like, just so obsessed with the job that he does that he can't allow himself to have a happy life. You know, they yeah. even wrote out Julia, and I'm so glad that she got a proper, you know, happy ending and uh, in Fallout because you know they had to bring her back. They had to reintroduce her, Michelle Monaghan's character, uh, to you know who she is. That they'll, he'll always have love for her. But he realizes that he is not the type of person that, you know, you could be in a relationship or not. And at the end of Fallout, you really feel like are him and Ilsa or Ethan and Ilsa now moving forward together. And you, you kind of get your answer in this film as well, too. But yeah, Ethan is a Ethan's very much this character who is just broken on the inside, but also just so obsessed with what he's doing. I I just poor guy doesn't have time. I just feel like he does a little, a little busy. He's just. He, I. I hope he. I gets. I hope he gets to, you know, to. To get what he needs to <laughs> get off because you know? he, like he he gets he gets, he does a lot for the world. So hopefully he'll, he'll yeah. get the world can repay him, right? Like yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly that. Exactly, the world that. needs to give him a lap dance. Exactly, yeah, I there, agree. That's 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 a shirt for sure. That is a shirt for sure. <laughs> uh, before we kind of get to our final recommendations, I do want to ask you guys. What are your Mission Impossible rankings? And, and Daniel, I'll start with you. Oh, man, this is this is tough because this is like asking me like what you know what family members do I love most? I don't know. Well, I, I, you've already told me the right answer now. that, so it's true. It's I true. won't expose no, it. No, but but I I honestly love every single film in this franchise. I don't love two. I'll be straightforward and be like, listen, there's a lot of amazing moments in two, but as a whole, it's not a movie that I will revisit as much as I do. Um, the latter half of this trilogy but as it stands right now for me and this is including my ranking of dead reckoning part one on one watch okay as it is right now starting from the bottom i'm gonna go from the bottom is mission impossible 2 that's i think i think that's a that's a a safe bet where to place it that's at the bottom for me from there um, which is a huge step up and a film that I, I still love, but I feel like I enjoy the other films more is the first Mission Impossible directed by Brian Del Palma, which phenomenal film. It's just not one I'll revisit as much as the next ones that are on my list. Uh, from there is Mission Impossible 3. Uh, so that's J.J. Abrams. That one has some great moments in it, some really cool set pieces, but it also is very much a 2006 movie. And I, and I think you guys know what I mean when I say that. Like, there's, It's very bright and overexposed and there's some great action sequences. It's JJ Abrams. Well, that's that's what you you mean. Like it's a JJ. That's what you want. Yeah. It's it's his first directed uh, it's his first feature film. Uh Philip Seymour Hoffman is probably one of the best, best villains and one best, of his best performances. I would say that opening is one of the best just acting wise because yeah, it was so it's, holy shit what's happening. You're you're in it right away and I love that movie that it does that. From there uh, as of right now I'm going to put Dead Reckoning next, part one. 
And my top three films as of right now, uh, number three being Rogue Nation, number two being Ghost Protocol, number one being Fallout. Right now, Dead Reckoning is right in the middle for me, but I'm really excited to watch it again. And again, this is not me saying it is a bad movie because it's not, you've heard us talk about how much we love it. Um, but right now, it is, it's not better than the last three. It's right there in the middle, but I'm very excited to see where it goes after many rewatches because I'm watching it again this week with you guys and next week and then when part two comes out to see the full story. So right now, Fallout remains number one for me. Love it. Anthony, what about yourself? It's very similar to Daniel's Mission Impossible 2 being the, you know, the, the number, the last one of the list just because its story is very... It's not engaging, even though the action sequences are really great. This is probably the most John Woo, you know, Ethan Hunt fight sequences that you'll ever get. But yeah, two is there. I'm going to put two, one. Okay. Same so far. Four. Oh. And the reason why I put... The reason why is because three, without three, we don't get this the evolution of mission impossible we don't get because they're you're right without three that changed the game for the whole franchise and from that point it just got higher and higher so i'm gonna give three um after ghost protocol so four so four three uh fallout uh, sorry uh, uh rogue nation then fallout uh sorry quite bad man i'm confused already <laughs> not rogue nation <laughs> i'm gonna put dead reckoning rogue nation fallout fallout is, is that did i get all of them like there's so many friggin' movies in this uh, franchise i'm trying so to make yeah. sure no but I, yeah we'll put we should put like a list on the screen <laughs> where we're, we'll start filling it in as yeah. We go. yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, did, for, I, I got me, them all yeah, yeah. yeah. shabazz please for me too it's it's surprising how much i do not like to it it's there's there's not much for me to go back to it and i i thought i thought i liked it and then every time i kept watching it i kept turning it off midway and it's a bummer. Uh, so two for me right there at the bottom. Uh, and then right after that, I would say is three for me. I love three. I think towards the the second half of three, it does kind of start to lose me a little bit. But I, mm-hmm. but I still really like it. I think there's some great moments there. Um, right after that would probably be, oh my God, this is getting tough. Probably put one. I love one. It, it's it's one of my favorite movies. I used to watch it all the time on VHS. It's something about it that it just it just stuck out to me. It was such a different movie at that time. Um, then right after that, I would probably put Rogue Nation, Dead Reckoning, Ghost Protocol, and then Fallout. Interesting. Did I get them okay. all? Interesting. You did get them all. You did get them all. We all have Fallout at number one, which I oh totally Fallout why yeah. Yeah. is number one and i and i honestly think for for myself as time goes on and as i see this film again i think it's only when it get higher on my list yeah um and i cannot wait i you know we don't talk about other podcasts too often on the show but i cannot wait for the empire film podcast because you know they spoke with christopher mcquarrie i think for like 24 hours straight probably about this movie so i'm just excited to like to dive into it and get all the little nuances of what uh what's going on in this one and the way it works with like even even the ranking that I'm thinking about it, like it's so organic. Fallout for me, though, always I think will be number one. Like that movie is just chef's kiss. It is so hard to beat. Uh, but the, the rest, except for two, two will always be at the bottom for me. <laughs> so Fallout always number one, two always at the bottom. The rest yeah. can just interchange because I I love them all so much. They're all such yeah. fantastic films. Sorry, Anthony, go ahead. 
I just want to correct myself because I said that uh, Tom Cruise or Ethan Hunt had a, a parachute scene in four. It was actually three in in. Uh, yeah, because I was going to say because uh, yeah, yes. you said that you said it happened in uh, yeah. five. in Rogue Nation, and I was like, I don't remember. Sorry, like, the, the names, man. They're see like, my face. I was like, look, dude, I don't even remember. I can't remember. I can't even put these movies in the right order. I, I already forgot <laughs> your ranking. To be honest with you, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. Dude, I'm going to play these numbers at the lotto. Hopefully I win. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now it is time for the truth to come out. It is time for part one of our dead reckoning. Daniel, please tell us, tell the audience what your final recommendation for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning part one is. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning part one. It's movies like this why we go to the cinema this is why we go to the movies are for movies like this movies that surprise us that shock us that make us sit at the edge of our seats to challenge us to give us amazing performances i i i truly loved it and i cannot wait to watch it again i think for myself right now though to play it safe and i'm playing it weirdly safe right now this is the easiest watch it that you will get from me it is amazing. I love it. This is going to be my top 10 films of the year. And you're probably like, Daniel, why isn't it a real gem? I'll be honest with you. I need to watch it again. I need to unpack this movie more. I need to sit with this movie more. Because the more I think about it, the more we've spoken about it today over almost the last hour, the more I've loved it. And I can't wait to watch it again. It's a watch it for me right now. It is my highest recommendation. Go to the movies. Go watch it. You're going to love it. And if you don't, you know where to find us, you know where to comment, you know where to leave your reviews of it so we can see, you know, did we get it right? Did we get it wrong? But this is why we go to the movies. I love it. Go watch it. Thank you for that. Anthony, what about yourself? You know, I was watching a clip of Harrison Ford talk about uh, why you should go watch Indiana Jones. And I know this is a, such a reach or a whole world around, but like he was talking about like sitting down in a dark theater with strangers and watching and go watch my movie. Don't go watch Indiana Jones, but definitely <laughs> go watch mission impossible because this is a movie that you need to go watch in the theaters and enjoy it. It is a sacrifice where you have to deal with the public for sure, because you don't know, you know what, who's pulling out what phone or who's talking in the background, but is definitely just, just confirming you are recommending. This I movie, am right? recommending, recommending. I'm just saying it's, okay, it's just sure. I'm kidding, if I'm you're, kidding. if you're worried about like, Oh, I don't want to deal with that. This is the movie you go and deal with, you know, you deal with that because it's so good. And it's, 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 it is a story that again, I'm in, I'm very conflicted with how it, how I feel in terms of the ranking and what's better and what, but other than that, it, that's not nothing that has nothing to do with the overall movie. Cause I think the movie is still fantastic. I definitely recommend you go watch it, enjoy it and watch it again. I think it's definitely a movie that you're going to have to rewatch multiple times just to understand the story. Cause it is very thick dense. and dense. Um, I think a lot of, I think the, the general consensus is the action sequences are always going to be phenomenal, but I think the story is where it kind of not falls apart, but just, I have to, I kind of teeter around cause I just it don't connect with desired, it. The story. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think, and I think a lot of that really is because it very much is a part one, mm -hmm. right? It very much is like, okay. We let's, but even is it a part one? Like I feel like I feel like people when they come out of this, they're going to be like, okay, that solves that. 
let's go to the next one. And I don't think Dead Reckoning Part 2 was needed. I think it, they could just just did another name for it. It's possible. It's possible. But I feel like the, the main thing in this film isn't resolved. And I feel right. like that's why they're like, maybe let's let's stretch these out over Bef- two movies. Without but- getting into spoilers, right? Let, let, yeah. I, I don't want to get too far with it. Uh, yeah. But no, I, I appreciate all that you guys are saying. And I, and I, and I think I'm, I'm kind of right there with you guys. This is the fastest three hours you'll spend in a, in a theater. It'll, it'll go right by. The audience that we watched it with was cheering and clapping and just absolutely losing their minds. So you can tell it is a definite crowd pleaser. It's, it's a watch it for me. It, it's, I, I know I want to give it that real gem as well, Daniel, kind of like what you're saying, but I feel like this needs another rewatch for me to really grasp what the movie is because the story wasn't a slam dunk for me as much as, you know, Fallout was, but the action sequences, as much as we kept talking about this movie, just kept getting me excited over and over again. And I just kept thinking, oh my God, I'm forgetting about this. I'm forgetting about that. Yeah. And I can't wait to watch it again. Uh, go There's ahead. There's a lot that happens. There's a lot that happens in this movie. And I think that's, where I'm excited to watch it because I'm like, man, I just want to remember all of what it's happened because when you're so kind of like, and it's not that it's overwhelming or, or uh, like... It is overwhelming, it though, just, in a good way. It is. No, it is. It's overwhelming in the sense where like so much is happening. So many incredible moments are blowing your mind. You're like, oh my God. But I do want to say, and I, and I know we haven't spoken too much about him, Christopher McQuarrie is one of the best directors I, I, I think working today and when you when you see what he's been able to accomplish with Tom Cruise, I just want Tom Cruise and Christopher McQuarrie to keep making movies together forever because they are just they are never die together. Yeah, like they just give it keep yeah. making movies. They're together. they're like, very please. they they are the Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Like they are George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. Like every generation has these two pairings that just work together, and and we see it a lot now with all these you know, two collaboration, two people collaborating to make one thing. And I think that's, that's just, that's the, the secret ingredient to making a really good film is having two yeah. creators that are on the same page that make something great. Absolutely. Well, thank you again so much for joining us for our review of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Again, I want to give a huge shout out to our friends of our Paramount Pictures for inviting us to come watch this movie and possibly for some interviews that will be coming down the road. So stay right here for all that information. Of course, down below are our show notes where you can find us at the movie podcast on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and wherever, whatever other social medias will be coming out in the, in the upcoming days. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> you know, join our Discord as well because that will never change. No nuclear satellite codes are in there uh but the conversation about these movies and everything else that's happening in the world is happening right in there so go ahead and give that a join as well of course that was this time with the movie podcast we'll see you next Star Wars meets Platoon. Fearless Fred presents Mud 79, a fan-made Star Wars story like you've never heard before. At 17, Solomon Kwai joins the Imperial Army, becoming part of the Galactic War Machine. But will he survive? Get down! Lead the way and list today. Fearless Fred presents Mud 79, a fan-made Star Wars story. Available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your favorite podcast.